Hey guys, welcome to the CP Junkie podcast, where we bring you interviews with dentists sharing their CPD stories and journeys from around Australia. What better way to learn than to follow those who've already done it before? CPD Junkie is Australia's most comprehensive CPD, so head over to cpdjunkie.com.au and become a member for free to access the full features of the site. I'm your host, Lawrence Doan, and today we're joined by Dr. Nada Sistan, recent graduate of 2019 from La Trobe University, practicing in regional area, West Gibsland, Warragul, with a professional interest in oral surgery and cosmetic dentistry. He grew up in a dental family with the father being a dental profession, managing his own practice. Dr. Nada Sistan, welcome to the show. Hi, again. <laughs> So, you have a growing interest in oral surgery and cosmetic dentistry. Tell us about your CPD or dental journey so far. Oh, well, as you know, I just uh, I graduated very recently. So, uh, with the COVID pan- and the pandemic, CPD courses are pretty much limited. Uh, but in terms of um, oral surgery, I, I have done a few um, courses. Uh, while I was doing uh, while I was doing dental school, so that was something that it was very interesting to do, especially uh, uh, back in university. You don't really get taught how to do surgical, so that was something uh, that I invested on more. And cosmetic-wise, I, I spent more time on doing the uh, um, basics, occlusion mainly. Uh, and hands-on that was very important to me to get the basics so yeah so overall it, it was it was it's an up and down journey with the CPD courses sometimes you just get into a CPD course that okay I, I expected something different from this course you but you don't get that outcome but sometimes you just oh I learned so much but the main important um, lesson is just to uh, actually use the knowledge. It's very important to do that. If you just go to CBD courses and never use them, uh, it's just a waste of money. Yeah, so let's backtrack for a second. You talked about you're doing some surgical courses when you're in undergraduate CPD. Um, Tell us about that. Well, most of them were most of the uh, courses that I did was on a theoretical basis, and I had uh, one uh, CPD course that uh, it was a hands-on. Back in, I think it was in twenty nineteen. Yeah, so that that was that was really good. Uh, um, The main focus was how to raise flaps uh, using high speed uh, base and bo- uh, bone removal um, many type of incisions and also suturing which is very important uh, I think uh, during dental school uh, or even when you graduate is something uh, doing suturing it, it can be sometimes tricky and you, you're not fast enough at it uh, but that, that was really good hmm was there a reason why you picked uh, this particular CBD to do? I was, uh, I don't know, like throughout, throughout my life, I was, re- I, I was really exposed to surgical procedures, especially from 
my father's side, uh, who's a, who was a dentist and is retired now, but uh, he did quite a bit of surgeries and um, then and I started doing dental assisting casually and I was very fortunate that most of the dentists uh, that I worked with, they were really hand, uh, skilled with the surgical uh, routines. So uh, that's something that I, I grew a lot of interest in. Okay, so you're saying that because your, da your dad was doing a lot of surgery, um, oral surgery, you're assisting a lot of dentists that were doing a lot of surgeries, and that's what kind of drew your attention to be like, okay, I want to learn a little bit more about it, and school's not quite teaching it to me, so I want to go and attend ACPD on it and learn a little bit more, whether it be a theoretical that's, side. That's right, that's right, uh, because uh, look, um, at the end of the day, schools, they just... Uh, teach you basics and, some, uh, and the, the things that you need to know as a healthcare professional. And then at the end of the day, you have uh, specialists that do that. Um, and I did not want to necessarily get into the first stages of my career and not be able to do uh, or extract it that are sometimes tough. Look, it, it, at some point you will have a tooth that it gives you a bit of a like a kick and um, but you spend more time on it but at the end of the day if you remove it, it it's a good feeling it's a good feeling you have to have yeah no fair enough yeah. and so you said for your cosmetic dentistry side of things how you're approaching that look um the best approach um you know like many many dentists said look learn the learn the basics of dentistry first make sure to uh, to perfect that bonding um all sort of materials that uh, you may use in future and i do agree with that it's something that you have to know them really well before you just jumping and doing cosmetics um and the first thing that uh most of my mentors they they, they told me is that just to know occlusion Occlusion is the main, uh, main thing because no matter what, how much cosmetic you do, uh, how good looking they are, if they're not functional and they're going to chip in six months, uh, there is no point. So I spend most of my time, uh, I had friends uh, or I, I went through CPDs regarding occlusion, um, about functional occlusions, um, uh, full dental rehabs and what to consider in terms of um, planning. Treatment planning is very important. So I did most of that. And photography, uh, we did have a course uh, with inside graduate program at Pacific Smalls regarding photography and intraoral, extraoral photography skills. And that came in really handy um, and they've done an amazing job to teach us how to do that so uh, I've been I've been I, I use those and obviously it's not a uh, it's not an end point or you always have to keep on studying and seeking for more knowledge obviously mm. and um, how did you decide that you're gonna pick these particular ones was it because um, as I'm Heard um, you work for a corporate, and is it because of the, the 
corporate pro graduate program. That's that's how you came across these courses. Uh, um, Pacific Small Center Group, yeah, is a corporate, and uh, they they were really supportive of like introducing CPD courses to especially newly graduates. And yes, uh, look, um, it's it's something that I I was always interested in because uh, I had that artistic uh kind of um motivation uh, i always like drawing i always like the aesthetic side of dentistry as well and ha the fact that you just um, make over someone's smile and they can smile more confidently it's it's such a it's such a beautiful uh thing to watch and they they just walk out more confident and then adding society that's something that i always wanted uh, to do um yeah and passive smiles they they did provide us with um, cpd courses regarding cosmetic uh, procedures and um, especially uh, veneers direct indirect veneers so, uh, and they always supported that so that, that was uh, that was a that was a good opportunity Mm. And did this particular program have a structure to it, or was it kind of like you pick and choose the programs, uh, the the CPD courses you wanted to attend? Look, um, there there is a um, so uh, in the inside graduate program for passive smalls. It's uh, it's very structured. Um, they do provide you a, a, a mentor, and that you can actually go and discuss cases uh, with them and ask them tips and questions that uh, you, you always wonder how to do something differently um, and they, they at the end of the day they give you a freedom of choice uh, obviously uh, if it's not something that you're not interested to uh, to do um, then there is no need you to do it uh, honestly because uh, you're not gonna uh, do it at, at the highest perfection. So, but um, the the general idea is uh, that okay, we need uh, we need to train dentists at the highest level, and uh, so they're able to do most dentistry in house and um, provide good treatment outcome to the patients, and the uh, the structure was based on that. So, uh, yeah, we we had. Uh, mentors to check up on our work, our diagnosis, our cases, and we sit down and just talk through that with them. Right. So you get the opportunity to have the mentor, the work side by side with you to talk through cases and implement the CPD that you've already started to learn. Is that what you're saying? Oh yes, and and the uh, and the the mentors are really generous with actually introducing you to different CPD courses as well. So. Uh, um, they, if you have any questions, you go to them, and if you're interested to learn more, and they, and they are generous to tell you, okay, I've done this CPD course, and it, it was really helpful uh, uh, regarding how you approach these sort of circumstances or like the cases that you wanted to, uh, I advise you to do that so you learn more. And you follow up with that CPD course, and you ultimately you you are a better dentist because there there is someone out there to tell you okay 
you can actually use this pathway to get uh, to where you want to go. Yeah, fair enough. So of all these CPDs, what's had the biggest clinical impact on your dentistry today? Uh, it's a hard one <laughs> to answer. Um, look, um, all the CPD courses are really good. Okay, it depends on uh, what level of diagnosis and treatment you're doing. Um, uh, the most impact, uh, the the one that had a b most impact in my career was obviously the the surgical ones, uh, because at the end of the day, I was able to achieve the the outcome that I always wanted to, even though. Sometimes it takes quite a bit of time to get through a surgical for, uh, and, and then you, you go, okay, I wonder why I spent so much time on this. Um, but yeah, so it, that, that was the most impactful course that I've done, the surgical courses. Um, but uh, the thing is, uh, you, you cannot never stop learning. So and there's always something to learn from everyone every dentist so i always continue to go to them mm. so you mentioned you know you could pick and choose some of the cpd that you attend in the program but was there a particular cpd that you feel like you did not implement or was not as beneficial for you at the time and you'll do differently next time so one thing one thing that i was uh I didn't really quite, uh, quite understand, uh, didn't grasp uh, the idea of is just that uh, maybe sleep apnea, something that I was, especially with the mouth guard, I was a bit, uh, okay, I don't know. Uh, you, obviously, your diagnosis, you can, you can say this is the differential diagnosis that you have sleep apnea or like uh, the, the the secondary things on your teeth that actually may may show that you have sleep apnea, uh, but I'll rather you go to an ENT to completely diagnose that rather, rather than me going giving you splints and that I'm not sure whether it's going to work or not. Sometimes it makes things worse, uh, especially like with clenching and grinding because the, the answer to clenching and grinding is not always splints. Um, as you know, so that was something that I was just like, okay, maybe I should do more research before I just use the CPD course regarding splints and math guards. Mm. Yeah. Who's been your biggest influence or mentor items in your career path so far and why? Um, <laughs> well, the the most the most influential person in my life was my father um from uh, from the time i knew uh, i know i remember uh, i always wanted to become a dentist and because i spent so much time in his clinic as a kid uh, in his office and i would just like oversee what he's doing and how he interacts with patients and I, it was it was such a beautiful thing to watch and I, it was it was interesting yeah, genuinely, I was as a kid interested, and like so many people were, were like surprised because I was just so artistic, and I just like art was my main thing to go to. And then, really, you want to become a healthcare professional, you become a dentist, and I was like, yeah, why not? And uh, even my dad was surprised. So, uh, but yeah, he, he was the inf most influential person in my life, and second to that, my grandfather. 
uh, with more stuff, uh, I got my most of the disciplines in terms of studying and uh, keeping a hard work from my grandfather because he was in the mm. military and just uh, he spent so much time in the military and just like that military discipline just <laughs> helped me to go through <laughs> dental school maybe I don't know. So you mean like the the mindset of you know this you got to do things in a particular structure um, was what kind of what you know you took away from your grandfather and from your dad it was just that every day of watching him being passionate about his dentistry and learning from it and watching how he was passionate that's was infectious and that's how it it kind of grew on you. Oh, 100 percent. It's just uh, uh, I think. It has its downsides, uh, downsides because I, I became someone who's re- who's a really a perfectionist <laughs> and wants to do things like you in a very like a or strategic way or in an organ- like organized way, uh, especially at work. Um, uh, but that helped me along the way with studying and with actually keeping up with uh, dentistry, especially with the courses and um, the university. And I work as well, so uh, that was uh, that was something that uh, I got from my grandfather. Um, from my dad, uh, it was just that level of uh, compassion towards the patients that uh, he applied in his work, and he cared the most about his patients, and he spent so much time and effort um, in to get uh, get people. Like as fit as possible in, in a de- uh, or, or health-wise, and and that that was very inspirational for me. Right. So I mean, a lot of people whose parents um, have been dentists or have people who are related to dentistry always in their first few years look to call them up, being like, "Hey, Dad, I've got a tough case. Do you find that's the case in your yeah. case?" Oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Uh, sometimes I'll find myself talking to my uh, father for hours regarding like a case and <laughs> meanwhile my mother is sitting just next to us and just uh, she goes okay can we stop talking about dentistry this is too much <laughs> yeah uh, we uh, I always do that it's just something like it's, it's a bonding moment with your uh, with your father too <laughs> you know uh, you just talk, uh, talk about things that we both pretty much our profession is is based on so yeah it, it, it is a funny thing because sometimes we get into arguments that oh i want to do it this way and my my father would go no this is the way that i would do it and we just come up with excuses or like things that oh yeah maybe this is not the way to go through this procedure uh, this this technique is better but yeah, yeah, I always do that. He's been my mentor for most of most of my career, anyway. So, who ends up being right? Uh, usually, usually we just go. Let's agree to disagree. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to dub my father. <laughs> no, but uh, it, it's 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 different. Um, it's different. Like it's a generational thing too. Like so. Uh, especially like uh, a dentist from previous generations, obviously they do things differently compared to uh, the dentists who are newly graduated and they were exposed to uh, 
equipment or technology that back in the day wasn't existent. Uh, so obviously they would go, okay, like you have this uh, technology in your hand, like you, yeah, sure, why not? You go go this way, do do this procedure this way, but um, or you know better studies or like research, and yeah, why not? But yeah, like I would I would take his most of most of his inputs in my uh, career, they're useful. Uh, because sometimes you have to go all back to the basics and the old school dentistry uh, to get things done um, because sometimes technology fails you. <laughs> so, yeah, usually I, I would say he wins because he has the better experience. <laughs> so are you saying that it's more, you're, you're taking away more clinical aspects or is it more like non-clinical soft skills that you might be taking away from him when you have a discussion with him? Look, the clinical aspects, obviously, he, 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 he practiced for 30 odd years. So um, experience wise, I have nothing against him. Um, so he, he's he actually got exposed to many things that uh, I wouldn't dare that I say I've I, I got exposed to. So uh, I would take that clinical experience from him. Um, but in terms of literatures and research wise, obviously, um, new generation is a lot better uh, because we know how to deal with technology computer wise. So. Uh, that's that's something that I would say. Uh, I would go with the clinical aspect and the theory-wise, um, I'm better slightly, <laughs> or the research-wise. One thing, I, one thing um, people talk about as well is, you know, as an associate, you kind of, there are, there are barriers in when you're working, uh, when you're working for a practice. But given that your dad's been a practice owner before, do you find that he can lend some out like another perspective onto it like in in terms of owning a practice or the business wise or the clinical wise yeah i mean whether it be just you know sometimes associates and owners don't have the same outlook but now that you're an associate and your dad's um a history of being a, a practice owner do you think that he can help you shed explain some of the um, issues um that you may be experiencing Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like in terms of business-wise, like uh, you always see it as okay. I'm gonna own a clinic maybe in one day and just gonna run it. Um, but oh, um, um, I had I had that picture in my in, back in the days when I was in uni that okay, I'm gonna own a own a clinic and I run it and I'm not gonna face any uh, face any adversities or any problems. Uh, but then uh, my father. Uh, uh, well, he has explained many things regarding business wise how, how difficult it is to run a clinic, how difficult it is to manage uh, a balance between a clinical life and a business life because at the end of the day, it is a business. Um, but how ethical and uh, clinical oriented you have to be when you're dealing with patients, um, that's very important too. And clinical wise, yes. Uh, it is a it is a different life lifestyle. Like I don't I don't think I'm ready yet to get to get that to own a hundred percent full clinic under my name. But yeah, so yeah, definitely. 
Yeah, well, I mean, like, where I'm coming from is a lot of our community, obviously, are at sometimes at that point where they're deciding between, you know, taking their um, career to the next level, and they're thinking, you know, it should be okay to kind of go to and buy a practice. It should be, you know, there might be some struggles, but, you know, it shouldn't be too hard. And so for someone like yourself, you know, who's got that ear um, at home and give you advice, you know, straight away, you know, that's where I was coming from. Yeah. Yeah, look, um, it, going to buy, uh, buy a clinic, yes, but like, the thing is you, you never can share a stress level with someone else. So uh, owning a clinic is very, uh, very stressful. And you always have to be on your toes and just make sure that everything's running smoothly as possible because at the end of the day, you're the boss and every, everyone has to work like a clock to make sure everything go, uh, goes smoothly. And not mentioning that you have to make sure that clinic feels like home to every person who works there. Uh, they, and they have some certain level of compassion towards the clinic. So uh, that's very important. But uh, going and buying a clinic and starting it from zero, um, it requires some level of skills and like professional skills and also clinical skills uh, that I don't think not many new graduates would uh, would show that from the beginning. They have to attain that throughout their career and, and then they're ready. But the average, um, the average, um, the the experience that uh, people would go and buy a clinic is within the first five years. Uh, I think that uh, that's something that is doable, but still there's a lot of stress level. Fair enough. So have there been any particular struggles in your uh, dental or CPD journey so far that some of our viewers might not know about? Well, I think everyone knows knows this is pandemic. <laughs> yeah, it, the, uh, the struggles is just... Um, I'm I'm more on a hands-on learner. Like I uh, I like to learn uh, and experience things and do things with my hands and just uh, understand the technique rather than just listening and uh, go through lectures. Um, look, lectures are good. Uh, theory side is good, but at the end of the day, you are applying that knowledge uh, on your patients, and if you don't have the uh, dexterity or hands-on skill, I don't think that would be uh, that's a good uh, that's a good outcome at the end of the day because uh, it's something that you have to work on a lot. Um, but my struggle has been to find a good CPD uh, CPD course to uh, actually have a good balance between the theor uh, theoretical side and the uh, hands-on side of mm. things. So, what does your current ideal clinical day look like? You know, the type of procedures you might be getting up to. I would say I'll check up and clean. No, I'm, I'm joking. It's, it's okay if it is. <laughs> no, it, look, um, I like the uh, I like the mixture of things. Look, um, at the end of the day, you don't want to do one thing over and over again. That's why I like I like general dentistry because you're able to do many things uh, like. Uh, go through every discipline like endodontics restoratives like oral surgery so um my ideal day would be 
maybe restorative uh, uh, Jacobine Queens and maybe one or two extractions a day. Um, but the, the best ideal, ideal day is just when I get through the patients, when I get through my job uh, and get out of the clinic, I'm happy that I've done the best I, I could have on the day. So that, that's the best day for me. That I, I sit in my car, I just get home, that, okay, I've done, I've made the right decisions. Mm. You, you know, like in dentistry, you just sit home and just think about that one patient that you thought you're going to do the best. And then you go, oh, I should have done this. I should have done that. And you just stay in that loophole. Yeah, yeah, no, understandable. Hey, like, you know, where when you're a dentist, you're usually a particular type of person. And, you know, when it comes to trying to get things we stay, it's all about those millimeters. It's all about, you know, making sure we get those um, small things right. And so sometimes we can get very caught up in those things. And so it kind of be, be, you kind of beat yourself down. And then, you know, I understand where you're coming from. Ideal, you want it just to run smoothly. Yeah, honestly, honestly, like the, yeah, um, running smoothly is the heart and the priority, pretty much. Uh, like you, you want to get, you want to get there. You want to see the patients. You want to uh, make sure that they're happy and you're happy when you're finishing the job. Okay. Um, obviously, the, uh, you know, in dentistry, nothing go, goes according to plan. There's always something that goes wrong, uh, but. Um, as long as you are able to manage it, and it's not uh, it's not something that you would come home and think, okay, like uh, what what happened today, <laughs> or why things gone wrong, and you just you just stay in that loophole of uh, overthinking about stuff. I'm I'm happy to not have that <laughs> any day. Uh, but uh, one thing I've I've learned is that it's okay to have the days that you don't feel enough, you don't feel that you've, you've done your best um, because uh, in, not every day is perfect. No, no, not every day is perfect. So uh, you have you you fall and you get up, you keep going. That's some wise words there. So, share with us what you hope your ideal clinical or non-clinical day might look like in five years' time, and you know what might CPDs might you want to do um, to kind of get to that point. Well, um, I would uh, I would prefer to get my hands on on uh, implantology and being able to place implants in the next five years. Uh, it's something that. Uh, one of the one of the things that I always uh, keen about with dental surgery is to uh, get uh, get the basics right in dental surgery as well. So when I get uh, to do implants, I have that knowledge. Um, yeah. So in five years, uh, clinical days would be yeah I would be able to place implants, and that's something that would add on to my scope of practice. Uh, non clinical clinical days, uh, sunny weather. Uh, maybe, maybe a good restaurant in front of a beach and enjoy my day. That's something would be nice. No lockdown. <laughs> now that's fair enough. I know when I mean in Sydney right now it's quite wet, so naturally, yeah, we would want to be out there a bit more. 
So you said implants is something that you want to get kind of involved in. Is there a particular implant course that you're interested in or has got your eye? With this pandemic, I haven't even looked into it because um, most uh, implant courses, yes, the theory, uh, the theory side is very important, but I want, as I said, I really want to find something that is hands-on. Okay, so it's something that I, I, they would go through uh, cases and hands-on cases as well uh, to be able to place an implant to have that uh, mechanical control over something. And treatment planning is very important too. So these things, if I find it something, a good combination of treatment planning and a hands-on course, uh, please let me know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'll, I'll be sure to let Omid tell you and relay it to you, hey? Yeah, yeah definitely, definitely. <laughs> for some of our viewers, um, Omid was, um, you, were, you were working for a dental assistant for him at one point, hey? That's right, that's right. I worked, I worked for him over a year uh, as, a, as a dental assistant. And yeah, look, he, he, was, he, was a, he was a genuine mentor for me, like in terms of oral surgery. Like he, he, had, a, he had a great passion about oral surgery and surgical extractions as well. So uh, I always enjoyed working with him and doing this sort of uh, procedures. And look, um, he was great. He was great. I, I enjoyed working with him. His, his passion for oral surgery probably rubbed off on you a little bit more as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so. even more, even more than so, yes. Yes. <laughs> Dr. Nada Sistan, thank you for coming on the show today. If you could let the people know how they can find you and what's kind of going on in your life. Sure. So uh, I, do, I do have a, a public Instagram page and Dr. Nada G. Sistan. Okay. We can, we can drop a, a hint somewhere in your Instagram page maybe. Um, you can find me there and I, I do offer online consults if, the, if, if people are interested. Um, other than that, Facebook page is it's easy. You, you can find me on Facebook and um, or my email. I'm really chill to <laughs> talk to people. So yeah, uh, people can approach me and talk to me if they want to. If you like this episode, drop a comment below on your favorite part or leave a review. Don't forget to share it with your friends. And we'll see you in the next episode of CP Junkie Podcast.